My name's Jonathan Nato, and I'm a blind guy. Hey, everybody. My name is Hamad Zaidi, and as you may know, I have a disability. And this is Limping on Cloud9. So, Hamad, how's everything going today, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I hope you and your family are well. Today, we are going to be talking about my fascination and lifelong troubles with mowing the lawn. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. I will tell you, for those of you that are just listening to Limping on Cloud9 for the first time, my disability is of a physical nature. I have limited use of my left hand. The left side of my body is far underdeveloped on my right, mm. and, my le- and my left leg has a limp. So that's, uh, that's something good to know. While I'm telling the story. Yeah, definitely. It's good to keep in mind as you're, as you're going through this stuff for sure. Yeah. So I grew up in Overland Park, Kansas, which is a suburb on the Kansas side of the Kansas-Missouri border where Kansas City lies. And growing up, one thing my parents always did is make me do similar chores that my sisters had. Their chores were whatever they were, household chores or cleaning their room or whatever. And... Mine tended to be yard work. So yard work meaning mowing the lawn. And how this story starts is when I was seven or eight years old, uh, my dad said, look, you're old enough now. I want you to start mowing the lawn. So I thought, ah, it's a rite of passage. It's cool. It's fine. He might even give me 4 or $5 at the end. So why not do this? But when I started to do it, it was a push lawnmower. Not a propelled one. I mean, um, we're not talking about we're not talking about riding mowers. We're yeah, talking yeah. about you know push mowers, and I only had balance on one side of my body, which means my the strength was only on one side of my body. Which, if you're trying to imagine a disabled guy trying to mow a lawn, imagine the fact that a lot of my lines were crooked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and. Me being the ultimate perfectionist with most things, I um, I didn't like crooked lines. So if the lawnmower would get away from me or if I couldn't keep it straight, mm. you know, there'd be like seven or eight beautiful straight lines and then one zigzag line. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd have to go over it over and over again until it looked right. And... It's, it's funny how mowing the lawn is uh, a memory that I'll never forget because I hated doing it mm. a lot. Mm. But, I can imagine. You know, but Jonathan, there were a few things in my life that I were more proud of at the time. And, you know, part of the reason is we lived uh, in a cul-de-sac. And, uh, you know, so when I was mowing the, the front lawn, cars would pull into the cul-de-sac, pull over and say, hey, kid. If you mow lawns, you know, can we leave you our number? Mm. You know, maybe you could call us. Now, now looking back, they were probably giving me the work because they felt sorry for me. <laughs> but, but as a kid, I'm like, damn, I'm good. Right? I'm yeah. Good you're, you're, like, you're like, I'm getting people to pull over in front of my house and offer me jobs. <laughs> right, right. I'm, get, I'm getting jobs. Oh, my God, you know? So... It was really, really cool because what I would do is it would literally take me seven to eight hours. It would be all Saturday. Oh, man. Right? And Because I didn't just mow it. I had to mow it, and then I had to, like, uh, you know, put the – take the bag out of the lawnmower. Right, and empty, empty the, the clippings and stuff. Up. Yeah, yeah. Right. 
and do it over and over and over. And there was a front yard and a backyard. And, you know, ultimately what would happen is I still have this issue today. If if my left hand is – I have what's called swan neck deformity, uh, which means the fingers in my left hand are very tangled and they look like a swan's neck, I guess. Oh, okay. Right? So um, – if I if my hand, if my left hand is not used for more than a couple of hours, it gets really stiff mm. and it hurts like hell, mm. right? Because it, it turns into like a Frankenstein hand, to where it's really really tight and the joints are tight. Yeah, and and so I can imagine people driving by just seeing this tangled left hand that looks like it's turning purple, looks like I'm about to faint. And, you know, pushing a lawnmower in 90-degree heat in the Kansas summer. Oh, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but um, I, I tell you, when I was done, I would have blisters all over my feet um, and blisters all over my right hand because, you know, my right side of the body was working extra hard. Right, right. You know, but it's something I, I – it's almost like torture, you know? <laughs> like, but, it, but it's torture that I put on myself because – I really wanted to finish it. Right. 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 And and I think the reason I, I want to talk about this in the podcast is because for me, it wasn't about doing a good job, although I was always trying to do a good job. It was about me completing it. Yeah. It was about me finishing the task. Right. Right. And And every now and then what would happen is my mom would come out with lemonade or water or whatever I needed to drink. And she'd say, you go tell your dad, you can't finish it. You know, you look horrible. You look really tired. You just come home and, and you re relax. But I would never do that because I didn't want to admit that I couldn't do something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and the one or two times that I did quit, I'd sit on our back deck and look at the fact that half the lawn is not finished. Mm. Mm. <laughs> right. And then I'd be like, you know what? I can't do this, Mom. I got to go back and finish it. So, you know, I think this goes to, uh, as a lesson in life, I think it goes to just completing things and, yeah. and not wor not worrying about being the fastest or being the best, but just worrying about being uh, true to yourself when you want to complete things. And I think that is incredibly important. Yeah, no, I, th I think it shows that, I mean, that was sort of, I, I, I'm kind of uh, assuming things, but I mean, it looks like it was built into even as a young kid, because you kind of talked about that in the last episode where, you know, I opened my eyes because I wanted to see the, the other end of the pool. I wanted to see, I wanted to reach, you know, that spot and I wanted to complete it and finish what I set out to do. And so even as a little kid, it seemed like you always had that sort of thinking in, in your mind. Well, I, I had that thinking in my mind, Jonathan, but it, it, it was planted there because so many people outside of my family and friends, so many people didn't think I could do anything. Mm, yeah, I, I, I see. Yeah. You know, that's where it came from. Another cool thing, too, that I like about your parents is, you know, I don't know if it was like more your dad than your mom or whatever, but he's like, hey, get out there and mow the lawn, son. Like... I don't care, again, I don't care if it takes you five hours, six, seven hours, go out there and do it. I, you know, I, I know you're, you're normal to me, so you don't have any excuse, so get out there and mow the Thank you for mentioning that, because you just reminded me of one of the most interesting parts of the story, for me at least, mm. is he had these brick 
walls, like little walls, like little six-inch brick walls around his most coveted garden mm. that were around an oak tree in our backyard. And so when I first started mowing the lawn, I would mow I wouldn't get too close to his garden. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I, I thought, you know what? Because later in life, I started when I was seven or eight, but later in life, I, when I was 12 or so, my, my parents, my dad bought a propelled mower. Not one you sit on, but one that you squeeze. Yeah, the, self, yeah the self-propelled and ones. Yeah. The self, yeah, the self-propelling ones. Yeah. So I was still a little kid, even at 12. And that thing got away from me all of the time, right? It was, all, that, that's all you need to do could, is take out tomato plants with the lawnmower. Right, exactly. That's all I needed to do is take out my dad's, like, favorite garden, right? So when I, when I first started using the propelled mower, I would not get anywhere near his flowers. And I remember one day he came out on the deck and he saw what I was doing. And then he brought me my lemonade or whatever. And he goes, I got to talk to you, son. And I said, well, yeah, dad, I'm not going to F up your flowers. <laughs> I'm not going to get near it, right? And then he said something, and I'm sure he didn't even realize that he was giving me a poignant moment in my life. He looked at me and he goes, look, you can't cut corners in life, son. You can't do it. You cannot cut corners. Hmm. So you're, you're going to learn. And literally with him, I don't think he was saying it philosophically. I think he was pointing at his garden at the time. So he's literally saying, you can't cut those corners over there. Yeah, you yeah. Gotta, you, you've got to mow them. Yeah. And, and um, you know, his whole thing is he goes, look, if you take down a couple of flowers, you take down a couple of flowers. So what? You'll learn. You know? Yeah. And And I think that, again, was one of the times in my life that I thought, you know what? I guess I'm going to be killing a couple flowers this afternoon, but, in, <laughs> but in, and I did, and I did, but in three or four weeks, I'll get it down. I'll yeah. know exactly how much to squeeze the trigger as I go around this turn to where it doesn't get away from me. Yeah. And, and so in that moment, he lost a couple of flowers and I gained a lot of confidence. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, a, yeah, you know what, that, I, I love that word that you use, confidence, because I, you know, for me, I, I kind of had some, um, I kind of like you where it's like, if I set to do something, I'm going to do it. Even if it's not done well, it's almost more to prove to myself that I can still do it or I can do, you know, what the average blind person may, maybe wouldn't try doing. And, right. and when I first got my car accident, I, you know, I used to do like all kinds of crazy dives and backflips and front flips into the pool. And, you know, I used to do like freestyle bicycling and all that stuff, doing tricks on bikes. And, you know, the summer after I got my car accident, it was probably about eight or ten months after I lost my sight. It was the summertime. And uh, I remember the, one, the very first time I went to the pool, I, I got to the edge of the deck. I found the edge, of the, the edge of the deck. My feet were hanging, you know, my toes were hanging over the deck. And my mom's probably thinking, oh, he's just going to try and dive into the pool. No, I did a front flip into the pool, and she freaked out. I, I came up out of the water, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just want to see if I could still do it. Like, you know, just because I can't see doesn't mean I can't try. And so I did all kinds of things like that that summer just to tell myself, hey, you know, just because you can't see doesn't mean you can't still, de still do these tricks on your bike. And so I would do, I still had my bike and I would still do almost all the same tricks I could do even when I couldn't see. And so I just did a bunch of stuff to tell myself, look, man, no nothing's going to stop you. You can still do all this stuff. It was, it was almost more for myself than anything. Yeah, I think, that, that, thank you for sharing that. I think it's always more for yourself, isn't it? At yeah. least in those moments. Because... 
You, if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me I couldn't do something, I would be a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> you know? So, um, but you know what they don't realize is all they're doing is giving us fuel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because it, it's, when they say there's no way you could do this, well, that just makes me think, okay, how am I going to do this? Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Exactly. No, and again, again, I love that your dad was just like, hey, hey, Ahmad, you can't cut corners. You know, you you're doing. A, I see you're taking eight hours to mow our lawn, and you're, and you're you're leaving some spots not done. So you know, you, you can't do that in life. Even if it takes you another thirty minutes over the eight hours, you you still gotta do it. So I I love that. Yeah, no, it was uh, growing up in Kansas was really amazing. I mean, I still I love living in California. I've been in California for twenty seven amazing years. <laughs> So I, I do love California a lot, and, and it would take an act of God or the universe or something to get me out of California. But, <laughs> but I did really love growing up in Kansas. Yeah. I and, really did. It was fun. One, one other thing, too, that, I, that the, the one part I know about the story, and I don't want to leave this off, is so you, you mowed other people's lawns, and they paid you. And, and so this, uh, this entrepreneurial act of yours was able to fund – uh, one of your, one of your, um, I don't know if you'd call it a habit or not, but what were you able to do with all the money you were earning from mowing these lawns? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't want to start it in this podcast. Yeah. So again, again, Hamad, I guess we're around a third here and sliding into home. So you want to uh, wrap this up and uh, take take them to the end here? Yeah, j- just that um, all these moments that I share with you people are therapy for me. So thank you for listening. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But. They're all these, it's really helping me go through all these things that have changed me, and it, it's really good therapy for me. So thank you for being out there and tuning in. But also, if I can help you in any way at all, please reach out to me. Because like I said in the beginning of our first podcast, I'm just a kid who's living out most of my childhood dreams. Mm-hmm. So, um, and when I, you know, I wanted to reiterate one quick thing. Limping on cloud nine doesn't mean that my entire life is on cloud nine. Right. I actually deal with a lot of tragedy, <laughs> which is which is kind of why I wanted the word limping in the title of this podcast, because, you know, limping on cloud nine is kind of a bittersweet statement. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. N- not everything's rosy, but everything, um, you know, if life were all rosy, I think it'd be boring. Yeah, no, I mean, and, the the, uh, the, know, the tribulations are, definitely help mold and shape us and turn us who we're into, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So on that note, Jonathan, I'd like to say that people can reach out to me on – you can listen to the podcast at, at iTunes and on HamadZaidi.com, which is H-A-M-M-A-D-Z-A-I-D-I.com. And if you do like the podcast, please give us a really good review on iTunes. Yeah, definitely. If you, you know, and if you don't like the podcast, I sincerely apologize for wasting a bit of your life. <laughs> and, and I still hope you have a wonderful day. And how can they reach you, Hamad, if they want to drop you a line? Oh, if they want to drop me a line, they can they can reach me at Hamad at HamadZadie.com. Awesome, awesome. All right, yeah, everyone, again, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Like Hamad said, please leave us a review on iTunes if you, you know, appreciate what Hamad's doing or, you know, if he's encouraging you or whatever it is, uh, leave us a review. We greatly appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And we will talk to you next episode. See ya. Take, take care. Bye-bye.